welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This sermon is taken from the 2014 Annual Missions Conference. This is the evening service of Friday the 30th of May 2014, entitled The Sounding of the Trumpets, and the Bible reading is taken from Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Here's Dr. Steve Cook. Book of Numbers, chapter 10, please. Missions is certainly one of my... Well, it's, it's, it's my reason for living, actually. Uh, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. You see, that's missions. God sent his son. And the Bible says that uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Romans chapter 10, doesn't it? But it then goes on and says, but how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear except the preacher preach? And how shall they preach except they be what? Sent. That's missions. And so as I was uh, praying and asking God to give me direction for a message this evening, uh, this message uh, was placed upon my heart. Numbers chapter 10, let's stand for the reading of God's word this evening. Beginning in verse number 1, Numbers 10 chapter 1 or chapter 10, rather, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shall thou make them, and thou that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. When ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye and you shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and you shall be saved from your enemies. Also, in the day of your gladness, and in your solemn days, and in the beginning of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifice of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God, I am the Lord your God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll bless the reading of your word now. And Father, I pray that you'll anoint me afresh to do that which you have called me to do, and that's to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to rightly divide the word of truth, to compel lost sinners to come to Christ and to edify the saints. And Father, I pray that through me that you'll be able to accomplish these goals. Thank you for this opportunity for us to gather here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this church here at Bethel 
Free Baptist Church, Pastor Larry Curtis and his dear wife, Jane. Thank you, Lord, for this congregation that has gathered here tonight. I'm honored, Father, that they would come and to hear the preaching of your word. And Father, now I pray that you would be a blessing through me to them. Father, stir their hearts even more so than they're already stirred for missions. And we'll praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight I want to look at a message that I've entitled The Sounding of the Trumpet. The Sounding of the Trumpet. In Numbers chapter 10, we read about silver trumpets. We read about the use of trumpets in the days of Moses, while the nation of Israel, under the leadership of Moses, was wandering for 40 years in the wilderness of sin. How many people were under the tutelage of Moses? Well, quite a few. We'll see in just a moment. That's the reason for the use of trumpets. In, in the book of Numbers, we find several different instructions concerning the trumpet. In the Bible, we read a great many times about trumpets or trumpeting. As a matter of fact, in 21 Old Testament books of the Bible, you can read about trumpets or trumpeting. In four New Testament books of the Bible, you can read about trumpets or trumpeting. Now, sometimes it's used as a literal instrument, as we see here in Numbers chapter 10, but sometimes it's used as a simile for preaching. Let me give you an example. Isaiah 58 verse 1. You want to turn there? You may. If you want to jot that verse down, you may. But in Isaiah chapter 58, in verse 1, listen to what God's word says concerning the trumpet. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sin. Did you hear that? Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. That's a simile. He is using the trumpet as a simile for preaching. Telling someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. Telling someone the gospel message. That's a simile for preaching. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 8. We have another simile. Paul writing to the church of Corinth says, but if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for the battle? Wow. If trumpeting can be used as a simile for preaching, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. But if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? Then I think it's important to talk about trumpets tonight. How many people came out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses? Well, 
Do you know why the book of Numbers is called the book of Numbers? Because at the beginning in chapter 1, you have a census that was taken. They numbered the Israelites. And in chapter 1, verse 46, we find that there were 603,550 Israelites that came out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. Now, listen, that was just men 20 years of age and older. 603,550 20-year-old men and older came out of Egypt. And if each of those 603,550 were married, and most of them probably were, that would be 1.2 million people. And if these Jewish families had only two children, remember Jacob had 12 sons, many of them had more than two children, if they just had two children, 1.2 million becomes 2.4 million. And then you got the Levites, and then you got the mixed multitude that followed for loaves and fishes later on, if you will, and complained about leeks and garlic. You remember that? It would be safe to say that there was a minimum of 3 million people that followed Moses as they crossed the Red Sea into the land that God had given to the Jewish people. How about that? Wow. That's a lot of people. How are you going to communicate? Oh, well, just use your cell phone. They didn't have cell phones. Well, we, we used to get on the telly, you know. No, they didn't have landlines either. They couldn't pluck the strings of a harp like boy David did for King Saul because they couldn't hear that. They needed something loud. Therefore, he gave them instruction on how to communicate with the use of a trumpet. Cry aloud, Isaiah says. Spare not. We have so many Christians today who don't cry at all, let alone cry aloud. You see, the problem that we have in the church today, listen to me, this is very important. If you don't remember anything else about the message tonight, remember this. Salvation is urgent, but God's people aren't. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Don't be bashful. Don't be meek. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So preacher, I, I'm, I'm too shy to tell somebody about Jesus. Well, I'm sure glad somebody wasn't too shy to tell me about Jesus. Or I'd still be yet lost in my sin, dead in trespasses. And sin on my way to a devil's hell. I thank God every day that someone told me about Jesus. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 24 for just a moment. We'll be back. Hold your place there. <coughs> but in Proverbs chapter 24, this is a missions conference, and I'm going to challenge you to be a better missionary. I believe that you're either a missionary or a mission field. Yeah, amen or ouch. You're either telling others about Christ or somebody needs to tell you about Christ, amen? You fall in love with Jesus, my friends, you can't help but tell others about Jesus. And notice in Proverbs 24, verse number 10. 
If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? There are three warnings there. One, don't faint. It's easy to faint. It's easy to become weary of well-doing. I suspect, as in every church I would go into, not just this one, but I suspect there are members of this church that could have been here tonight but aren't here. That happens everywhere I go. It's not just this one. It's not unique. Don't faint. Secondly, don't forbear. Do you know what that means? Don't forbear. You see, there are people walking down the street out here. There are people in this community. There are people in the city of Birmingham. You have over a million people in Birmingham. And, and I can dare say that there's a, probably the vast majority are lost. I spent a week last year in downtown Birmingham. I walked the sidewalks. I saw a lot of lost people. Make no mistake about it. Let the good times roll. That's all they thought about. Eat, drink, and be merry. And God said, Thou fool, for this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Don't forbear. And that, what he is saying is, don't not witness to these people. Don't pass up an opportunity to tell others about Jesus. Well, preacher, what if they tell me no? Who cares? If they tell you yes or no, I mean, I want them to be saved, but the fact of the matter is, God is the one who does the saving. God requires us to sow seed. And if we fail to sow seed, then we forbear. He says, don't faint, don't forbear. And then he says, don't fib. Look at verse number, uh, number 12. If thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. Does not the... He, does not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? God knows your heart, my friend. You can't hide anything from God. And if you pass up an opportunity to be a witness to someone, God knows if you forbear or not. And if you say, well, I just didn't know, God says, surely you just. Surely you jest. I know your heart. I know everything about you. That's what God's saying in his word. Wow. Now, go back to numbers. Cry aloud. Spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. But if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? You see, the problem is, God has given us a voice. God has given us a message. God has given us a, a command. It's not the great commissions. It's a great commandment. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment, a divine imperative. But if we don't do that, we're not being obedient to God. And if our walk should not match our talk, we give an uncertain sound. 
Sometimes our actions speak so loudly, people can't hear what we're saying. You understand what I'm saying? It's important that we walk in the light and we talk about the light so that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ might shed abroad into those who have been blinded by the eye and their eyes have been blinded by the God of this world. Well, I want to talk about trumpets some more. Let me give you four uses of the trumpet in Numbers chapter 10. You know, there's some things that you need to do in order to be a good trumpeter. Number one, you need to know how to play. Secondly, you need to know what to play. Thirdly, you need to play clearly. And fourthly, people ought to recognize the tune that you're playing. And then fifthly, the responsibility shifts from you, the trumpeter, to them. They must respond to the trumpeter. See, that's God's part. Our part is to trumpet. God's part is to cause people to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there were four uses for this trumpet. Number one, they were to sound for a warning, a warning. Whenever there was danger approaching, whenever there was maybe a sandstorm or, or uh, some type of uh, wild animals approaching, it was the purpose of this trumpet uh, and this trumpeter to cry aloud, to, to, to warn his fellow brethren as they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Can I tell you, church, that today we ought to be doing the same thing, sounding a warning? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. There is none righteous, no, not one. For God so loved the world, didn't he? That he sent his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him, should not perish. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 9 for just a moment, please. And I want to talk about a verse that your pastor spoke of uh, just uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, in chapter 9 of Matthew. Let me show you a couple very important aspects of this, these two verses. In, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, listen to what Jesus said. Matthew 9, 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is what? Plenteous. But the laborers are few. Verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers unto the harvest. Now listen to me. Unto his harvest, it said. I want to tell you, number one, there is a Lord of the harvest. Number two, there is a harvest of the Lord. And then number three, there is a call, a definite call for laborers. There's a real need today for those who are willing to give their life for the cause of Christ, to be willing to give up the comforts of their own home and, and to go wherever the Lord may send them, to go forth to lift up their voice like a trumpet, you see. There's a great need for that. And, and, and if you look at Matthew chapter 9, listen to these, 
three things I want to tell you. Number one, the harvest is plenteous. It's plenteous. It's innumerable. There are so many people in the world today who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. We saw that on the video. All of those people groups and 7,000 people groups have never been reached with the gospel. I've been into places in the world where people know about Marlboro cigarettes, they know about Coca-Cola, but they know nothing of Jesus Christ. Go with me to Tanzania, Africa, and see the Maasai national, uh, the natives there, the Maasai tribe, the largest tribe. And you'll see these children with a big stick in their hand, and they'll jump up and down three, four feet off the ground. And, and, and they'll take that stick and they'll poke a hole in this cow. And they'll drink the blood of that cow and drink the milk from that cow. And that's what they live on. And these people know nothing of Jesus Christ. I could take you into other areas I've been into, into uh, parts of the Philippines where the aborigine Filipinos that live up in the mountains don't know anything of the gospel. I know a, I know a, a Filipino missionary by the name of Jonathan Reyes who walks up and down uh, the mountain every day just so he can go up there and witness to the aborigines living in the mountains of Mindanao, a Muslim populated area, volatile area. He preaches every day in the mountains to the tribes. When I went to the Philippines, he came to meet me on the boat, and, 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 and he grabbed my suitcase and took off carrying my, and, I, and I'm not worthy to carry his shoes. He's grabbing my suitcase. Why? Because God didn't call him to be a celebrity. God called him to be a servant, and he has a servant's heart. The, the, the harvest is plenteous. But secondly, look at what it says there. The harvest is perishing. The harvest is perishing. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise of some men count slackness, 2 Peter chapter 3 tells us, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should what? Perish. But that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish. The harvest is plenteous. The harvest is perishing. The harvest is precious. God does not desire that anyone perish. He has done everything possible so that people will not perish. Is it too much to ask that we lift up our voice like a trumpet? To sound the warning, hell is real, death is certain, you need Jesus, you must be born again, or you'll die and go to a devil's hell. That's the warning. This is not a playground, this is a battleground. God's called us to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we must be faithful in our witness. But if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, I fear that in the church today, far too much uncertain sound. Secondly, the trumpet was not only for sounding a warning, it was to sound for war. <laughs> to sound for war. Church, we have an adversary. I know I've been in some churches where 
they just about call them annual split Baptist church. They split so many times. Can I tell you, your adversary is not your brother or sister across the aisle. Our adversary is the devil, isn't it? First Peter 5, 8, you know, the, you know the verse in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Yes, we have an adversary. It's the devil. And Satan, he can't prevent you from going to heaven because you've been born again. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption, praise the Lord. But he's going to do everything possible to prevent you from lifting up your voice like a trumpet. He doesn't want you to be a good trumpeter. He doesn't want your trumpeting to be clear. He doesn't want it to be loud. He's going to silence you as best he can. He's going to try to silence you from being a witness of the Lord. You know, one of the things you can do to be a, a good trumpeter is to give to missions, to give to missions. Because you may not be able to go to the masses, but let me tell you something. God has raised up men, women to be missionaries, to go where you cannot go. And if you could support them through faith promise, you could give to the missions program of this church every pound that you give whether it be one or a hundred pounds a month. God will bless you for that. God will bless this church for that. When I was a pastor, we were building on a quarter million dollar addition onto the church. Our church had grown from 60, and we were running 200 and almost 250 people. I baptized 179 people in just a little over seven years. God bless. This was a country church. Most churches in the country ran about 30, 40 people. And God was blessing ours, and we were bursting at the seams. And we began to pray about building on, and we finally decided to build on, and, and things began to mushroom, and the cost became a little greater than what we anticipated. And, and you know how Satan tries to discourage you whenever, whenever you try to do something good. And I remember I had this one little trustee man come up to me, and Name was Jimmy. And Jimmy said to me, Pastor Steve, he said, he said, uh, do you really think we ought to be borrowing $250,000 when we only have $25,000 in the bank? I said, I, su I suppose you want to wait until everybody quits coming before we build a, an addition onto this church. We can't facilitate the people. I'm trusting the Lord to provide. We're going to borrow the money and then pay it off as fast as we can. He, I said, but you know what? You do have a point. You see, I came from a church that was very strong in missions. We supported over 100 missionaries. I had grown up under faith promise and understood the concept that if you will trust God to increase your giving to mission, make no mistake about it, God will give you that increase and bless you for it. And so I knew that. And, and I looked at Jimmy and I said, you know, the one thing that's been on my heart, we don't support a missionary to the Jew. And I, this is what I did as a pastor. And we picked up a missionary to the Jew. And God blessed the church. 
The next year, we had a $250,000, a quarter of a million dollar addition onto our church. And, and not only that, that $25,000 we had in our savings account, actually it was $2,500, I apologize, I misspoke. It was $2,500 that we had in the savings account. But by the next year, we had $25,000 in the savings account. Now, you tell me how we did that. It's a God thing. You see, God will bless you. I can't, dis I can't explain it. I can't articulate it. I can only tell you in my past many years as being a child of God and several years as being a missionary that I've never wanted for anything that God didn't supply according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We have an adversary, yes. We are to sound for a warning. We are to sound for war. We are to let people know. Satan will try to hinder us. Thirdly, we are to sound for worship. You'll notice that in the book of Numbers chapter 10 that talked about, <clears throat> it talked about those that, uh, the, the sons of Aaron, the priests of Aaron, in verse number 8, it says, The priests shall blow with the trumpets, and, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever. This was when they were having their solemn days. Look at verse number 10. And in the day of your gladness, your solemn days, the beginning of your month. These are the Jewish holidays. They were to sound the trumpet. In church today, we are to sound the trumpet. I, I'm so tickled to death that these two Indian girls came in here. Uh, one's name was Indy, and the other was Marisha. And, and, and they came in, and, and they just wanted to know. And, and your pastor was able to tell them. He was able to lift up his voice like a trumpet and tell them about the services and what time they started and to invite them personally to come here. Every church member ought to be doing the same thing whenever possible. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Sound the warning to the lost. They need Jesus lest they die in their sin and perish. The pointed unto men wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Sound for war. Listen, my friend, this is a battlefield. We're in a spiritual battle. We don't fight and wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. We, re, we need one another to encourage one another. We need prayer in our life. We need the word of God in our life. We are to sound for worship. Why? Because this is the getting saved place. About that. Wouldn't you like this church to be known as the getting saved place? You know, when Spurgeon preached in London at Metropolitan Tabernacle, well, there was a man one time who got into a cab and he said, take me to the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And the guy said, yes, laddie, I can. He said, but I got to warn you. <laughs> he said, if you hung around there long enough, he says, you're liable to get converted. You see, the Metropolitan Tabernacle at that time, under Spurgeon, it was considered the getting saved place. And people were afraid when they went there because they're liable to get converted. When Billy Sunday, a great evangelist, across America and around the world. We go into cities, people just cringed because Billy Sunday was coming and they knew that if he preached long enough, if he preached loud enough, <coughs> bars would close down. Houses of ill repute would close down. There would be a, a dramatic change in people's lives. I want, 
I want Bethel Baptist Church to be the getting saved place right here in Birmingham. And lastly, they were to sound for withdrawal. Withdrawal. Not like withdrawal from drugs, withdrawal to leave, to depart. You see, back in that day, when Moses was leading the nation of Israel, they were led by day by a pillar of cloud, pillar of fire by night. And whenever that cloud or that pillar of fire stopped, they made camp. Sometimes they would be there a week, sometimes months, sometimes years. But whenever that cloud or that pillar of fire began to move, they knew it was time to withdraw. It was time to go. When that happened, there was a trumpet that was sounded. That was a, pre a preparatory command, if you will. A preparatory command. They knew it was time to tear down their tents and to break down the tabernacle. And they knew it was time to put the staves back in the Ark of the Covenant so that they could begin to travel wherever God was leading them. More than three million people. There was a trumpet that was sounded. Get ready! Get ready! <coughs> For when the next trumpet sounds, we're leaving. The military has the same concept. Company, everybody's ears perk up. Attention, hut, and they snap too. Platoon, at ease. You see, you have a preparatory command and a command of execution. Can I tell you, church, our job is the preparatory command. For the last 2,000 years, the church has been saying, get ready. Jesus is coming. The rapture could happen today. Get ready. Are you saved? If you're not saved, you need to get ready. Come to Jesus. He says he will in no wise cast out. For when the next trumpet sounds, we're out of here. For the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Are you sounding the warning? Are you sounding for war? Are you sounding for worship? Are you sounding? Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? That's missions, my friend. You don't have to go around the world to be a missionary. You don't have to go across the ocean. You just have to go across the street, across the aisle at work, 
across the yard at home. You want to be a missionary? God wants you to be one. He can use you. There's a world out there that needs to hear the message. Cry aloud. Spare not. Spare not. Leave no one out. Spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. But if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, you got a problem, don't we? Who shall prepare himself for the battle? Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'll have your way in our hearts. Use us, Lord, to sound the trumpet. Help us, Father, as we're challenged from your word tonight. Help us, Lord, to be obedient. I know many of these people have been obedient and are being obedient, but Father, if there's something that we're not doing, that we ought to be doing, that we know we ought to be doing, help us, Father, to be obedient. Lord, I know there's so many areas of my life that could be stronger, that I might be more of a blessing to you, that my trumpeting might be even clearer. Help me, Lord, that I might be a better missionary for the cause of Christ. And when I stand before you, you'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord, for salvation, so rich, full, and free, and there's Son Jesus Christ, in his name I pray.